Christmas is almost upon us. Can you believe what is it? It's 10 days away today, which is pretty crazy. And I don't know about you, but... I feel like Christmas is just uh, uh, every year, especially with a young child in my house, it just gets more and more exciting every year. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but I, I feel it took me a while to get in the Christmas season this year. I'm not sure if it's because Thanksgiving was so late, uh, but I feel it's like upon us right now. And uh, I, and Christmas talking about giving up your parking space uh, during uh, uh, the uh, greeting this morning. Happened to me yesterday, I was pulling into cold. I was uh, just returning something, and I pulled in, and I must have taken someone's parking space. I did not even know, and I got the evil look by this guy. I mean, it was crazy, but it's that kind of season. And, and, and what you find uh, this time, kind of season, uh, this time of year, uh, if you have kids, then the excitement level is increasing every single day. Already this week, we have had three major meltdowns uh, in our house. Uh, normally, the meltdown happens about once every three months, well, three in a week, and my patience is being a little lost at the moment, but uh, kids are just getting excited for Christmas. Everywhere we go, it's like, I hear, I want this for Christmas, I want this, I want that, I want that, I want that, and uh, and it's exciting. It's exciting. Kids are excited about Christmas, and I don't met you, but I love this kind of year. Hallmark calls it the magic of Christmas, and my wife was making fun of me yesterday, or I was making fun of her, and she corrected me. I was like, you're watching a Hallmark movie, and she says, look, Netflix have got in on the game, Amazon Prime in the game, Hulu are now doing these Hallmark movies. I was like, yes, because every woman I know likes Hallmark movies, right? You ladies like Hallmark movies? Yeah, guys, you like Hallmark movies? No, right? And so, Hallmark movies. Hallmark calls it the magic of Christmas. But I'll be honest, I would rather call it the wonder of Christmas, there's a buzz in the air, there's an excitement to this season, an anticipation of what is to come. After all, this is called the Advent season. It's called Advent for a reason. We have an Advent calendar, a couple of Advent calendars are in our house, and you open a window each day, and you take out a chocolate, and I think it was on day two on my son's Advent calendar. It's got a, a little thing about the Christmas story every day, and it said, yeah, it said in there, Joseph and Mary traveled to be married, and my son heard that, and he was like, ooh, that means they're going to kiss on each other, right? I mean, that's just his version of marriage, right? And, and so opening the Advent calendar every day, but Advent is that season, it's that Advent season. What does Advent mean? Do you know what Advent means? It means the waiting, the anticipation of the one who is to come. Many people think that Christmas has become too commercialized. A lot of Christians rue the fact that we've lost the reason for the season. And they often work against the tide of our culture to mention that Jesus is the reason for the season whenever somebody says the dreaded happy holidays. So many people get upset. Oh, it's Merry Christmas, not Happy Holidays. Uh, and you see even in the video that we saw, there was a guy who was celebrating Christmas but really had no idea what Christmas was all about. However, I have a feeling that Jesus this Christmas isn't looking for people to campaign against the term Happy Holidays so that the world once again may say Merry Christmas. I think instead Jesus is more concerned with what the angels proclaimed 
the night that Jesus was born. And if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn to Luke chapter 2 this morning, Luke chapter 2, in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14, it tells us this incredible story. And it says this, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth with those with whom God is pleased. So you had these shepherds who were taking their sheep out to pasture at night. And obviously it must have been the summer season there because normally you take sheep out to pasture in the day, not at night. But obviously it was too hot, so they took, it out, took the sheep out at night. And suddenly an angel appears to the shepherds. And when the angel appears and after he says some things and proclaims some things about what is to come. And then a vast chorus of angels stand behind him all praising God and glorifying God. I don't know about you, but it's not every day you see an angel. Maybe you see an angel every day, but I don't. It's not every day you see an angel. You can imagine one of the shepherds saying to the other, like Shaggy says to Scooby-Doo, like, uh, watch out behind you. There's something big and ferocious and alien looking that is glowing. You, you could imagine just turning around like, what is this? Totally frightened. Don't be scared. And the first words that come out of the angel's mouth is, don't be afraid. Yeah, like this big thing comes from heaven. I'm not going to be afraid. Don't be afraid. But then the angel made three statements, made this proclamation. And in the Bible, whenever there are angels involved, you see one of two things happening. Angels come to protect and to fight, or angels come to proclaim and declare something. And in this moment, they've come to proclaim, and this is what the angel proclaims. It says, number one, I bring good news. Number two, the angel proclaims great joy is available to all And then number three, the angel proclaims, the Savior, the Messiah, is here. I bring good news. Great joy is available to all, for the Savior, the Messiah, is here. And I think in these three statements, we discover the real purpose of this whole season. It's a season of good news. It's a season of great joy, and it is a season of salvation and deliverance for all. That is what the Christmas season is all about. And we have to be careful, especially as Christians, not to hammer down that Jesus is the reason for the season to the detriment of working against why Jesus came. Because so often we can tell people so much theology but they don't understand why Jesus really came. He came to give people hope. He came to fill them with joy. 
and he came to lead them in deliverance. That is why Jesus came. I'll say that again. He came to fill people with hope. He came to fill people with joy. And he came to bring deliverance to all people. And I don't know about you, but I know people in my world that need hope. I know people who need to be filled with joy and they are seeking joy in all different areas, but they are still searching and searching because they don't have that joy within them. And I know so many people who need a savior, who need to be delivered, who are so wrapped up in the sins of this world. And this won't come by campaigning for Merry Christmas over Happy Holidays. And, and, and I love Merry Christmas, and I kind of cringe when people say Happy Holidays myself. But campaigning for that isn't going to bring hope and joy and lead people into deliverance. See, this comes when people start to grasp the wonder of what Christmas is all about. And you can only experience the wonder of Christmas, the true wonder of Christmas, when you start to experience the presence of Jesus in your life. So how will people experience this presence of Jesus? How will they encounter Jesus in the middle of the shopping, in the middle of fighting for parking spaces, in the middle of all the eating and overeating, in the middle of all the drinking and overdrinking? In the middle of all the partying and over-partying, how will people encounter Jesus this season? Well, it is up to those who have the Spirit of Jesus living within them, who will choose to go to them and present the presence of Jesus to them. The shepherds. The shepherds experienced the angels this night. I don't know if you know anything about shepherds in ancient Israel. Probably not. But to be a shepherd, you weren't looked upon as with a great reputation in ancient Israel. For the occupation of being a shepherd meant that your work was so involved that you did not have time or the opportunity to go to the religious rituals or the religious festivals, or even take part in the daily practices that a Jewish person was expected to take part in. The shepherds, according to the religious establishments, were looked down upon as less godly people. And there's lots of people who uh, will argue and, uh, and history will tell that uh, some of the sheep that they used for sacrifice in the temple in Jerusalem were brought up and raised in Bethlehem. And maybe these were the shepherds who raised them. But still, the religious people looked down on the shepherds because the shepherds weren't godly enough for them. Now, now, we glorify shepherds in the Bible because David was a shepherd boy. And we think, wow, what a great man David was. Moses was a shepherd in the wilderness when God called him. Even Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. But in this culture right here, the shepherds had a bad reputation. The only things that people looked upon when they looked upon shepherds were just, just normal working class people who did not have time for God. That's how they viewed shepherds. So when the angels came that human night, as the shepherds took their sheep out to pasture, it really is an interesting bunch of people that the shepherds came to. 
Why did God send angels to people with not such a good reputation? Why didn't he send it to the religious, to the church leaders, to the rabbis, to the priests? Why didn't God send the angels to the influential or the the educated or even the rich? Why the shepherds? Well, I think God is trying to show us something here. And I think there's a lesson in this story. He's showing us why he came first. And secondly, he's showing what happens when he comes. We know the answers to the first question. Why did he come? He came to come and bring hope, to fill with joy, to declare that the deliverer, the Messiah, has come to save humanity. But what happens when Jesus comes? Well, let's continue reading in the story. Luke chapter 2, verses 15 to 20 says this. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened. And what the angel had said to them about this child, all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. The angels awestruck. Suddenly the heavens opened and there are angels. I'm sure none of them says, oh, that was nice. Let's get back to work, right? If something happened like that in your workplace, I'm sure you'd be like, okay, it's over. Okay, show's over. Get back to work, everybody. No, I'm sure you would be like, you know what? I'm taking a lunch break. I may be gone like six hours because I got something to go see because there was a baby who was born that the heavens were declaring. Their hearts were racing. The intrigue was too great. The wonder of it all was so overwhelming. I wonder when the last time you experienced a wonder like the shepherds experienced, where suddenly your world was turned upside down and the wonder just filled your hearts. Maybe it was the day a child was born and suddenly you were just like, Maybe it was the day the Ravens won the Super Bowl, right? Whoa. And maybe it will happen again in February. Maybe it was the day you got married and you looked at that girl and you said, wow, how could a girl like that love a guy like me? See, we're getting all hallmark now, you see? When was the last time your heart was filled with wonder? So the shepherds, they go see the baby. But this is what I find really interesting about this story as I read it. Is the actual meeting with Jesus is the least described portion of this story. In fact, it's barely a verse in the Bible that the shepherds went and saw Jesus. Now, if this was a movie, if this was Hollywood, right? That it would be this epic moment with the angels and then the majority of the story would be them seeing the baby Jesus interacting with this baby. 
interacting with God who has come in human form. But Luke kind of just passes over that. Says they went to see the baby and they found the baby lying in a manger. That's it. That's all the Bible gives us. And I think it's significant. I think it's significant that Luke spends more time on the before and after than actually what happens when they meet Jesus. See, this is what I know as Christians, we are good at experiencing the presence of God. Some of us, we live for it. We live for that moment in the worship service where the song starts quietly, ends in a crescendo, and we got our hands lifted up, and we got, you know, the, the, the hairs on the back of our necks standing up. We live for that moment. We strive to feel God. However, what I see in this story is where the emphasis is. And the emphasis is not put on experiencing the presence of Jesus. The emphasis is put on what happens after they experience the presence of Jesus. The emphasis isn't on this meeting with Jesus being awestruck that there's this baby God in human form. And looking at the emphasis isn't there. The emphasis is what happens immediately after Jesus comes into their life. And this is what we see, the first thing they do. And I believe this is a lesson for us in Christmas 2019, what we should do. The first thing they do is this, they tell their story. They tell their story. They went and told everybody. The Bible says after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angels had said. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. This is what I know. God is in the storytelling business. And as Christians, we often overanalyze it. And we think, well, I can't really tell other people about Jesus because I don't have all the answers. Or I can't tell someone about my faith because they're going to have too many questions and I'm not going to be able to answer them. I'll stumble over it. Say, I don't have the gift of evangelism, so I really can't tell people about Jesus like others can. However, that's not true. For as followers of Jesus, God never said you should have all the answers. God just wants you to tell your story. And there's no one who knows your story better than you do. Remember the angel said that there is good news of great joy. For the deliverer has come. Is that your story? Is your story one of good news? For those who have experienced the presence of Jesus in their life and been transformed by Jesus, your story is good news. Your story is one of joy. It may not always be times of happiness. There may be times of sadness and happiness and discouragement and overwhelming, but it's one of joy. For he has delivered you. My son lately has been asking me some really deep theological questions. And when a four-year-old asks you the deep theological questions, you think you should know the answers, right? So he's been asking me lately, Dad, where does Jesus come from? I'm like, that's easy, son. God. He's like, okay. Well, where does God come from? 
I'm like, you want to go watch TV or something? You know? And he keeps asking me this question, where does God come from? So the other day, it was actually last Sunday, we were relaxing Sunday afternoon watching something on the TV and Evan is playing around and he says, Dad, I think I figured it out. I was like, what? He says, Dad, I think God is a robot. He goes, because if he had no mommy or daddy, he must be a robot, right? How little minds think. But you know what? For the last 40 years of my life, I've been asking the same question. Where did God come from? It's overwhelming to think God had no beginning. How is that even possible? How do I even believe this? In this God, he had no beginning. And so instead of trying to theologically explain to my four-year-old something that I just can't explain, this is what I said to him instead. I said, son, I don't know. We don't know where God came from. That is why God is God. But this is what I know. It's God's presence is here right now. And Jesus' presence is in this house. And when you go to sleep at night, Jesus' presence is with you. And wherever you go, his presence is with you. Do you feel it? I'm telling my story. I'm telling the story of our family. And he's like, yes, dad, yeah. Tell your story. So often we, 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 we think that we need all the answers. No, just tell your story. I remember when we were going through our issues with infertility uh, and Raquel just felt deep in her heart. She had to tell her story. Tell her story of disappointment in unanswered prayer. And so she started this blog and she started writing. And, you know, in the end, obviously, God gave us a, an incredible little boy who's had three meltdowns in a week. And... But she started telling a story. And do you know what happened? Other girls and other ladies started contacting her. So many. Thank you. Thank you for telling your story. I've been going through the same issues. Or I've had doubts myself. But your story is strengthening my faith. My sisters had gone through this incredible journey of, of, of health issues. She, she, she keeps having these mini strokes. She's 42 years old and she keeps having these mini strokes. She's had six of them now. And the doctors cannot figure out what to do. And she lives out in Missouri and I'm like, I'm going to fly you to John Hopkins. They'll figure it out. But she doesn't know what to do. And she says this has been the hardest time of her life because it is challenging her faith in every level because she keeps praying and God isn't coming through and it keeps happening and they can't find the answers. And she's like, and, and there's been times I've just doubted God so much for the first time in my life. And she's decided, she, she was like, I'm going to start telling my story. So in 2020, her main thing is, I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to tell my story of how I am living by faith. And even though I can't see God, I can't feel God, and God isn't coming through for me, I'm going to trust God. Because that's her story. And as believers of Jesus Christ, the Christmas story is all about you telling your story about what Jesus has done. He's come and given you hope. He's filled you with joy. He is your deliverer, your Savior, your Messiah. That is your story. And that's what this. Shepherds did that night, and everyone was astonished. But we also see it wasn't just about telling their story. 
There was something else they did. They started going. They started going. The second action of these shepherds was this. They did not stay where they were at. Firstly, they went. They went to their friends and their family and told everybody. But I think it's really interesting the second thing that they did. The Bible says they went back to their flocks, praising and glorifying God. They went back to their flocks. This is what we do in Western Christianity. We experience Jesus. You've seen the angel. You've heard God speak. And this is what we do. Well, I can't go back there. I got to go on a six-month missions trip to the deepest, darkest part of Asia. I can't go back there. You know, God must be calling me. I need to go to theological seminary. I'm like, I've seen Jesus. That means I have to now start working in the church. Have to quit my job and work in a church, even though the benefits aren't as good. That's what we start to think. We meet Jesus and we think, well, that means I must have a vocation in church things. But the shepherds went back. They didn't say, you know what, I'm not going to be a shepherd anymore. I'm going to pull my act together. I'm going to go and become a priest or a rabbi. I'm going to help out at the temple. I'm going to get a a normal job like everybody else. But no, they went back. However, this time when they went back, something was very different. This time they had encountered the presence of Jesus. I don't know about in your place of work, but I'm sure there's probably at least one person, maybe a handful of people, who are grouchy and miserable and never smile and everything is negative all the time, right? Give me an amen if you've got someone on that in your house, right? You haven't? I mean, in, in, your, in your place of work. I, in my house. I don't have it in my house. I'll get in trouble. <laughs> if I say that in my house, I'll get in trouble. In your place of work. I know you do. There's always that one person who's just miserable all the time. And you can imagine that person on Friday, you're like, bye, have a good weekend. Yeah, okay, whatever, if I can. I got this going on and that, blah, blah, blah. In my place of work, we got about a gazillion of them, so I'm just, you know. And you can imagine them leaving on Friday, grouchy and miserable, and then Monday morning, coming back, and they are whistling, and they're smiling, and they're going around every cubicle or every desk or every office. Morning! How's it going? Hope you had a great weekend! And this is what you're thinking. What happened to that person? Firstly, who did they meet over the weekend, right? What are they smoking, right? I mean, that's what you're thinking. What is going on with that person? But that's what the presence of Jesus does. The presence of Jesus turns your mourning into dancing. The presence of Jesus takes off the clothes of heaviness or the garments of heaviness and puts on garments of praise. That's what happens when you encounter the presence of Jesus. You go back to where you were and you show people that you are a different person. And these shepherds, I'm sure, you know, they they probably weren't too happy about having to look after stubborn, smelly sheep at night. But they went back glorifying and praising God. 
And this Christmas, if there's anything that Jesus wants you to do, it's firstly to tell your story. And it's secondly to go back to the things that you do each and every day and take the presence of Jesus with you. So as we conclude, what does God want you to do with his presence this Christmas? I think he desires you to take it back into your everyday life and share his presence with those around you. See, Christmas is about God with us. We sang it this morning. Emmanuel means God with us. It's not about holding traditions or saving our culture from the dreaded happy holidays. It's about taking the presence of Jesus into a dark and confused world and letting the light of the world shine for all to see. Christmas is about a world around us hearing good news. What's your good news? Christmas is about a world around us experiencing great joy. How will you spread the joy? Christmas is about a world around us finding salvation and deliverance. And this only comes through Jesus. So with the presence of Jesus within you, be like the shepherds on the night Jesus was, was born. And take his presence from this place and let it go with you wherever you may go. But this is the Advent season. It's the season where we come to expect and anticipate of what is to come. I don't know about you, but there is a wonder about Christmas. Unfortunately, it's not found in Hallmark movies. It's not found in the parties or the shopping. It's not even found on the morning where the kids are opening their presents. Even though that's a wonderful time, there is a wonder of Christmas, and that is found when Jesus comes. It's a video I want to show you. It's a video we've played before here at Generation Church. But I think it captures the wonder of what this Advent season is all about. Take a look at this.
Let's pray. Father God, we thank you this morning that you are the one who was and is and is to come. God, we thank you this morning that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, into a broken, dark and confused world. And you came, God, to bring hope. And when all around us seems hopelessness, you fill us with hope. God, you came to bring great joy. And in a hurting and depressed, frightened, scared, confused world, you come and you fill our souls with overwhelming joy. God, we thank you that you sent Jesus to come and die for the sins of humanity. Because you are our Savior, you are our Deliverer. You are the one who welcomes us home. You are the one who prepares a place for us. You are the one who looks at our sin and says, I remember them no more. You look past our doubts and regrets and mistakes and shame and your grace overflows us. And so this morning, God, we thank you that you are our Savior, you are our Deliverer, you are the Messiah. God, we thank you for our story. Our story, one that is of overwhelming joy. Our story, one that God still loves us. That Jesus looks upon us in wonder. We thank you that our story is one of salvation and hope. And so this morning, Father, we pray as a church this week, we will be able to share our story. Each, every one of us, our individual stories of how the hope of the world has come. And as we take the presence of Jesus with us, God, we pray that others, like in the Luke 2 story, will hear our story and be astonished. That they too will experience the wonder of Christmas. The wonder of Jesus, the wonder of a Savior, the wonder of a King, the wonder of the Creator of heavens and earth. And so this morning, God, we ask in your name today that your presence will go with us. Whatever we do this week, let our hearts be overwhelmed with rejoicing and singing for our deliverer has come. We ask in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Just before we leave today, just wanted to quickly just give you an update about our facilities and what's happening in January. So last week we uh, asked you to pray as there was a great opportunity in for us to meet in somewhere in the marketplace. And so I just want to give you a little bit more details of, of what that was. So 
uh, we've been negotiating on, and speaking with Hoff and Moll about using one of their spaces in there, which for me just excites me that we would be able to go into a place in the marketplace there. And the mall wants us, and we would love to go in, into the mall um, because it gets a lot of extra things that, that's, uh, that we don't get here. Um, there's a little caveat, though, uh, just with that, um, that they found out this week that they didn't know, and we found out. So their lawyers were going through all the contracts, and each mall has anchor tenants, and those anchor tenants have a lot of uh, uh, stipulations in their contracts. And uh, there is a contract in one of the anchor tenants uh, that basically says Hoffman Mall cannot have anything that is non-retail in the mall. Um, uh, but that contract is ending in February. So to give you a guess uh, who anchor tenant that one is at Hoffman Mall. And so uh, that's ending in February. So they told us that we're, we're going to have to put this on hold and come back in February to negotiate again once that contract is over because they can't negotiate while that contract's in place, the lawyers said. And so that's uh, that's just kind of where we're at with that. I'm not saying that's where we're going to be in March uh, or, or, or February, uh, but uh, it, it, it's, it's a great space and, uh, and, and, and it feels like some things have aligned together that we we definitely could go into there which would be awesome um so that that's uh, for that but then that means well what's happened in january and february and so uh because we thought we may have been able to go in there in january 19th and uh and that's what it was looking like uh, uh this last week and week before and so uh, we're still going to be doing our small gatherings um, on uh, January 12th and then January 26th. Um, we've got a couple of clubhouses in some neighborhoods lined up uh, for those. And so we're kind of excited, just just a, a different expression of worship and a, a different expression. Um, like we've said before, that's not, a temp, that's not a permanent thing, just a temporary thing. Um, I love as a church that we can experiment and we're not fearful of experimenting um, in, in just different things and different gatherings and different environments. Um, so we'll be doing that, and we'll announce those locations next week. Uh, we're just waiting for those contracts to be uh, signed for that. Um, and then uh, we're still looking for a space on uh, on the 19th of January. We've got a couple of things lined up, whether it's a school or whether it's uh, uh, another church letting us use their facilities. And so, uh, but we we will uh, nail those down, and uh, we definitely will let you know on that. But I wanted to give you an update just on on where we're at um, with, with that. So we're not sure if we're going to go in the mall or not. Um, I, I think it's a great space. It's, uh, it, it's awesome. And uh, bonus, we don't have to pay for snow plowing and there's plenty of parking. And uh, we have a mall full of a lobby. So that would be nice. So just continue to pray, you know, if that's where God is leading us. Uh, this, this whole journey has been the hardest journey I've ever been on in my life. Uh, at, at times, I feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulder. I know I shouldn't feel like that because God's got this thing. It's been tough. Um, but uh, but we're determined and we are um, uh, and we are committed to trusting in God, not trying to kick doors down that aren't open, uh, but really trusting God because we know when we trust in God, God will come through and His ways are perfect and His ways are way better than our ways. The Bible says His ways are higher than our ways, right? And so we 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 are gonna trust in Him on that. So, uh, but we'll let you know kind of the smaller ones uh, next week um, on that. Um, just so just to give you an update. So I think uh, just uh, just in, in light of that, uh, before we uh, just walk out of the uh, out of this building today, let's stand to our feet. Let's pray again for our church.
church and just pray for the, just favor and open doors and, and that the windows of heaven will open and uh, we'll be able to walk into all that God has for us. So Father God, we just thank you again for this church. God, I thank you for every person. God, who uh, is part of this church, who is part of this community of faith. Uh, God, thank you for bringing them. Thank you for, uh, God, empowering them and using them, Lord Jesus. Uh, and Father, we believe that greater things are to come in this church. God, we believe, Lord, that the latter will not be greater, that the, the latter will be greater than the former. And so, God, we're believing for great days ahead. Lord, we're believing that you're taking us on this journey. Lord, and we're reminded, Lord, even in that video, that God, when the Israelites hit the Red Sea, there was nowhere to go. You parted a Red Sea. Lord, you move mountains, Lord Jesus. You close the mouths of lions, Lord. You bring down giants. And so, Lord, just this situation we're in as a church right now is nothing, for God, for you. And so, Lord, we're trusting in you. We're believing in you. We're asking for favor. God, we're asking for open doors, God. We're asking that you will lead us where you are taking us. And so, Father, we trust in you this morning. And now, Lord, as we depart and go, Lord, this week in all our preparation for Christmas, God, let the presence of Jesus go with us that we may be able to take it wherever we may go. We ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.